Yo, let's get it started right here on 99 Raw. Here's your name with your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Appreciate that. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. This is Thursday, October 28th, 2021. We got a lot of pro wrestling news and topics to get to right here on the podcast. If you guys have not done so already, I want to get this stuff out the way real quick. Uh, follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover and follow the podcast on Instagram at 99Raw. Shout out to all the followers on Instagram. I appreciate you guys. Um, spread the love of 99 Raw on all podcast platforms and all of social media. Uh, continue to go chase your dreams, y'all, and uh, continue to have faith and remember to always stay humble. Now, pro wrestling kind of took a hit. You feel me? Uh, yesterday, we're going to get right into there. Uh, the report that came out yesterday and some more info on that today in regarding Ring of Honor. Now, I'm a wrestling fan. I love pro wrestling. This is why you guys are here, to hear my expertise and creativity on pro wrestling and the business of professional wrestling. I'm going to keep it a stat, right? I'm going to keep it a bean and say that I am not a big, you know, uh, fanatic or big enthusiast in regards to Ring of Honor. Um, I know that Brian Danielson came from Ring of Honor. I know the Samoa Joes, the Seth Rollins, right? The Roderick Strongs, so on and so forth, came from Ring of Honor. I also know that the blueprint that Triple H is, or excuse me, was. Now, let's talk past tense here. He implemented the model of NXT that we knew and love and that blueprint was Ring of Honor. And now that's gone, of course, uh, in terms of the new NXT now. And Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard took over there. But now with Ring of Honor, you know, it has a lot of fans, a lot of loyal and dedicated fans. And over the past, I would say like five years, right, Ring of Honor went from being top tier in terms of wrestling promotions to being jumped by several other promotions like New Japan, uh, Pro Wrestling. You know, some even say Impact has jumped over Ring of Honor and obviously WWE. And now you got All Elite Wrestling and AEW. Now, when you look at rosters from Impact, New Japan, WWE, AEW, a lot of those men and women came from Ring of Honor. All the ones that you and I love all came from Ring of Honor. And I was doing some things, and I just scrolled Twitter just to see what was going on. And uh, I seen a post. I was on Instagram, actually. And I seen a post from Ring of Honor. I screenshotted it. And uh, I wanted to read this. This has to do with Ring of Honor. Uh, you can kind of take this news as a good thing or a bad thing. I'm kind of taking it as both. And I will explain with even more info regarding this Ring of Honor story. So they went out and they posted on Instagram, quote, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone safe and healthy. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone full contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a private for Ring of Honor with a new mission and new strategy. It continues. The, the new year will culminate with a final battle in December and we will be talk we will be taking excuse me the first quarter of 2022 to work internally 
to reimagine Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyal impatience as we uh, recommonize Ring of Honor. Pretty much, they're going to rebuild Ring of Honor. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Super Card of Honor with a new fan-focused product and a profit, a unique experience for wrestling fans. This is technically saying when in terms of just getting right into the nitty-gritty of what does this mean. Ring of Honor is taking a hiatus. They are taking a break. They are going to rebuild and redesign their product in terms of presentation and the way people see and visualize Ring of Honor. Because, you know, just because I don't or I haven't really been watching Ring of Honor, I mean, at all, really, doesn't mean I don't pay attention. Now, here's my thoughts on what I think Ring of Honor was it was dark it was grungy it was in your face there were no really colors so to speak in terms of popping the fans and getting the product out there it was really an underground type of promotion and the downfall of ring of honor is they never wanted to change management in Ring of Honor never wanted to change. But I heard stories all of yesterday. I continue to hear stories this morning about how management and everyone in Ring of Honor got along. The perception in Ring of Honor was great, right? Making friendships and this and that. But in terms of Ring of Honor being the top promotion in pro wrestling, it's really at the bottom of the barrel. It really is. I'm just being honest with you. Um, I know a lot of new uh, Ring of Honor heads um, are very loyal to the promotion. Like I said, I'm a wrestling fan through and through. I know majority of these wrestlers that came from Ring of Honor, now they're in other promotions. And this is some tough times for Ring of Honor. And the crazy thing is, even more news broke out about Ring of Honor. And... They released every wrestler on their roster. Everybody got released. This report comes from Ringside News, one of the most reliable sources in the IWC community. So the article from Ringside News states as follows. Ring of Honor has suffered indently crisis since the launch of All Elite Wrestling. Before I continue, let me just be straight up honest with you, okay? I hear people say, Oh, Ring of Honor didn't really take a hit, you know, when AEW was created because Ring of Honor was already struggling when it comes to, you know, popularity. This is all what it's all about. The popularity of Ring of Honor went downhill. WWE started taking talent from Ring of Honor, including New Japan and Impact Wrestling. Now, AEW... Majority of that roster, I'd probably say 85% of that roster were a day one Ring of Honor competitor or they've wrestled there for a while. And when AEW was created, the downfall of ROH, I would say, intensified. Like it started to really launch, right? And... I'm not blaming AEW for being created as the reason why ROH is in the position that they're in right now. It's not AEW's fault. It's not the WWE's fault. It is not New Japan Pro Wrestling's fault or Impact, etc. ROH is in its own downfall. Okay? They don't want to change. They never changed. They were always that underground promotion. And I know a lot of wrestling fans like that type of shit. But check this out. Yeah, you're underground. You're you're different, right? But you gotta you gotta develop with the times. If you don't develop with the times, you are going to get left behind. 
Straight up. You work, that, that's just a fact of life. If you don't adapt, you are going to get left behind. And the truth of the matter is, Ring of Honor got left behind. Simple. Why are they in this position? Well, they didn't run any live events over 18 months. That's not good. Uh, Ring of Honor, they didn't really want to change. And they are, sadly, you know, they're, they might end. I don't know if they're going to end. I don't want to say that they're going to fold. But releasing every single one of your talents and telling them that, yeah, you can go and do bookings for WWE, AEW, New Japan, uh, Impact, GCW, yeah, other promotions. I don't want to say Ring of Honor is dead, but I think it's a, a complete reset. That's what I think this entire thing is. It's a complete reset. They are going to change their format in the way they address things. So here's what the article says from Ringside News. So the promotion is going to take some time to reemerge itself. Pretty much. Uh, they're going to pretty much do a Seth Rollins and redesign themselves. That's what Ring of Honor is going to do. Today, the promotion posted a statement on Twitter saying that they were going to make changes starting in the new year. ROH hopes to return to live events in April. This came after rumors that Sinclair Broadcasting is cutting the company. I also seen Sinclair Broadcasting trending on Twitter. A lot of people were going after Sinclair, telling Sinclair that you never really cared about, not, it, not just Ring of Honor, but you never cared about pro wrestling. You never put your money where your mouth is. Listen, that's Sinclair. Um, that's their attitude. If that's what they really want to do, that's what they want to do. Okay? This is just my opinion in regards to hearing what everything has been going on. Sinclair can do whatever Sinclair wants to do. If they want to get out of the wrestling business, they can get out of the wrestling business. You cannot go over there and attack them just because you are a Ring of Honor loyal fan and get upset. I understand you're upset about it. You have every right to be upset. And you feel like Sinclair pretty much is, how do I put it, like, they're doing the two-piece sign to Ring of Honor. That's what it feels like, and that's what the fans feel like Sinclair Broadcasting is doing. So for now, the company is going to finish up the year and work to re-image the entire company. Rather, this is a new concept like NXT 2.0 or something less drastic remains to be seen. We've seen Dave Meltzer. He said, I quote, this year will culminate with final battle in December and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyal and patience as we recognize uh, and re, pretty much redesign Ring of Honor. Later on, Dave Meltzer reported that the company has released every wrestler on their roster. We will work to find more updates as soon as they are made to be available. ROH previously had a reputation similar to what NXT had uh, before its rebranding and what AEW has now done. They were niche brand for the hardcore wrestling fans, top stars like Brian Danielson, CM Punk, and Samoa Joe cut their teeth in the promotion. Of course, along with people like Seth Rollins and so on and so forth. The restructure of live events will conclude with the Super Card of Honor show. ROH says the refreshed brand will be a fan-focused, remember that, fan-focused product and provide a unique experience. You can read the entire statement down below as they had the photo of what Ring of Honor said. Again, shout out to Ringside News for the clarification. Listen, uh, I got more on this, actually. This morning, I seen a tweet, and I wanted to get it out there. Uh, shout out to B Mac on Twitter for uh, the confirmation. 
in regards to what Dave Meltzer really was saying in terms of the article. So he tweets out confirmed, quote, they will essentially be an independent promotion and they will use whoever the top independent guys that they book or that they can book on the nights and they have shows and the nights that they don't do television. ROH won't be having talent signed to contracts. So technically, what is going on here is you are going to be an independent contractor. If you want to go to Ring of Honor, you do a show here and there, you'll get paid. And then you can pretty much go do whatever else you want. I guess that's the that's the thing uh, ROH is going to be taking. That's a very interesting approach. Here's the thing. Ring of Honor never had a TV deal. You see, my problem with a company like Impact Wrestling, they have a TV deal. I want them to have a better TV deal that will benefit them. Because when you look at a company like Impact Wrestling, they're doing some good stuff. They really are. They just don't have the TV deal that will push them up to the top. Ring of Honor is actually in a worse state. They don't have a TV deal. No one really knows what ROH is anymore. And then they, you know, pretty much release every single employee in that promotion. I was watching videos and it was it was tough to listen to some of these people in ROH Talk about the promotion and the fans. I seen a lot of tweets yesterday regarding this. This is a big deal. This is a big deal in pro wrestling. And right now it's a dark time for these people. Where are they going to work? And here's the reality of the situation. There are people out there that make fun of Impact and GCW and other promotions. These are great for companies like that. That are going to get these talents from Ring of Honor. Yeah, everyone is looking immediately to AEW. Oh, a lot of these guys and men or these men and women are going to sign to AEW. Not a lot of people can go to AEW. Not a lot of people can go to WWE. You know, those are the big sharks in the water. But what about the other ones? What about the little guys? What about the impacts? What about the GCWs? What about... You know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, even though I consider New Japan Pro Wrestling up there with the WWE and AEW. But right now, you know, they're not really doing some good things either. You know what I mean? And uh, not saying they're struggling, but what I am saying is, you know, I feel like New Japan can be, you know, a lot more better than where they're at right now. But this benefits them as well. This benefits everybody. Now, is it the death of Ring of Honor? I don't want to say that. But it's not looking good. They need a fucking TV deal. That's what they need. If I had all the money in the world, I would want all these promotions, not WWE and AW, to have TV deals. Can you survive with live events weekly and you have pay-per-views? Maybe you can, but you're at a risk. You feel me? You need a TV deal. That's just the truth. Okay? And I'm going to be here to spew that gospel today. You need a TV deal. Impact needs a better TV deal. Even New Japan Pro Wrestling needs a TV deal. You know, why does everyone say, oh, WWE ain't never going out of business and this and that, and AEW, you know, is doing some great things. They're going to be just fine. They have TV deals. They're working with big time TV networks. And I hope, you know, we'll see what happens with Ring of Honor. These wrestlers are going to be fine. They're going to find work. And they're going to go to Impact. They're going to go to New Japan. They're going to go to WWE. They're going to go to AEW. I'm just hoping that Ring of Honor doesn't fold. We'll see what happens. That's my thoughts on that topic. Let's get right into, immediately to the next topic. Talking about Eric Bischoff says CM Punk hasn't delivered in terms of ratings 
for AEW. That is very interesting. So the article reads, CM Punk left WWE back in 2014 after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And since then, he vowed to never step foot inside a pro wrestling ring ever again. Of course, he broke his promise as Punk debuted on AEW Rampage, quote, the first dance. He was in talks with AEW for quite a long time as well. Punk himself absolutely loved his AEW debut and has single-handedly became the most talked about pro wrestler on the planet for a long time after his debut. This certainly pleased many people, especially Mick Foley. CM Punk has been competing in several matches on AEW Rampage since his debut, and most of them have been well-received by fans and critics alike. Jim Cornette previously criticized AEW for having Punk wrestle on Rampage so much. Before I continue, let me say and let me comment on Jim Cornette and his criticism with AEW having CM Punk wrestle on Rampage a lot. I actually agree with Jim Cornette here. I think CM Punk should not be wrestling on a consistent basis. I know he wants to wrestle every week, but he's an attraction. He's the draw. Well, apparently someone else thinks differently, which I will get to. But when you really look deep down into it, he's a draw. So he needs to only appear when it's important. That's my that's my real thoughts about this. Same thing I have. You feel me with Roman Reigns. He needs to only defend the championship when it's important. Right? When the situation calls for it. Brock Lesnar needs to only appear when it makes sense. When it calls for it. These are attractions in pro wrestling. CM Punk is one of those attractions. Now, let's get to what Eric Bischoff had to say while speaking on his 83 week podcast make sure you guys go subscribe to them and eric bischoff he talked about cm punk's curtain run in aew eric bischoff stated that cm punk has yet to deliver in terms of ratings in aew and criticizes booking as well okay before i talk about what eric bischoff said here let me comment and say listen in terms of, you know, the ratings, I don't really care about the ratings. I really don't give a fuck. I don't. I just want... See, I come from a creative mentality. I come up from a creative mindset. And what I see on weekly TV. My position as a fan should not be into the ratings. Now... If the ratings take a nosedive or something or they go on a winning streak, I'll comment. I'll comment, but that's not my main objective. That's not my main priority. My main priority as a fan is what am I seeing on weekly television? Is what I'm seeing on weekly television making me happy as a fan? Am I invested in what I'm seeing? And right now when it comes to CM Punk, I'm in a mixed bag. I'm in a mixed bag right now with the way AEW is presenting CM Punk. Now, the way they're presenting CM Punk, I like it a lot. They're not giving me too much CM Punk, but they're not giving me less of CM Punk. Now, in terms of some of the feuds he's done right now, outside of Darby Allin, the other feuds have been at. Ah, now, I love that he's feuding with, you know, Team Taz. He's getting all of these members of Team Taz over. I like that. You know, he's in a little feud right now with Bobby Fish. I'm not a big Bobby Fish fan. I don't consider him a big star as a singles competitor. Right? Let me make sure I say that. Um, I just really like Bobby Fish in a tag team. That's where I've always seen Bobby Fish. Even when he was in Ring of Honor. I just don't see him as a single star. He's not believable to me 
That's just me. And that's my opinion on that. But the ratings really did. You're criticizing CM Punk as, you know, quote, the guy in AEW. And he's the reason why the ratings are falling. Come on, man. That's not cool. CM Punk is a draw. Yes, not all the way a draw. I mean, let's be honest. No one's in draw in pro wrestling. Nobody's a draw. Pro wrestling, it's popular, but it's not where it should be. So we're going to read right now what Eric Bischoff had to say. So Eric Bischoff, he said, I quote, CM Punk hasn't delivered. Punk was the guy that came out and his first comments were, quote, the addition of this talent was more significant than Scott Hall and Kevin Nash consistently making references to WCW because they were to be the company that WCW was back in the mid-90s. I do agree with Eric Bischoff. CM Punk did say that. He did say that. He continues, there's these consistent references to WCW. Yeah, there is a lot of references from AEW and WCW. Uh, in my opinion, that's not really good. And when Skull Hall and Kevin Nash came in, we took off. Punk, you came in and you're the sh- and you shit the bed in terms of ratings. That's what Eric Bischoff said. Quote, you shit the bed in the ratings. Okay. Here's my thoughts on what Eric Bischoff said there last. You shit the bed in the ratings. Well, when you really look at it, he kind of has. But it should not be his fault. You see, it's a collective effort. And this is what I'm trying to explain to people and get people to understand. You know, there are some people out there that think AEW is going to take over and be the number one promotion in the world. In terms of a creative standpoint, AEW is indeed the number one wrestling promotion in the world. They are a fan-first promotion. That's why they're so popular. From a business standpoint, they need a little help. And that's why WWE is number one. Also, the longevity. So when I hear people say, oh, AEW is going to be number one. No, they're not. No, they're not. They are not, you know what I mean, number one. When you really look at the totality of the product. From a creative standpoint, are they number one? Yes. Are they number one from a business standpoint? No. Are they number one in terms of marketability? Possibly. They're tied with WWE there. But when you really look at it, who's number one? It's the WWE. I'm sorry to break it to you. From a creative standpoint, they fucking suck. WWE. I'll get to them in a little bit. Got a couple topics about them. But in the totality of the situation, WWE is number one. So get over yourselves with AEW being number one. They got flaws too. They're not perfect. No promotion's perfect. Okay? Now, regarding the ratings, listen, again, you cannot put it on one person. You know what I mean? That's why I heard a report about Vince McMahon being upset with Big E because the ratings are going downward on Monday Night Raw. You cannot put it on Big E. I understand he is the world champion. Now, in this case, you have every right to be mad at Big E because he is the champion, but it's not his fault. The material you are giving that man is fucking awful. Give him better material. Maybe your ratings wouldn't be going so down. In AEW's case, CM Punk is not the champion, but he is the guy. You feel it. You sense it. And right now, when you really look at it, AEW is still in the baby phase. They're still trying to learn things. 
Right now, AEW is fun to watch. But not everything AEW does, I've been a fan of. So, I just want to make that clear from me and my point of view. That's my thoughts on Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff has really gone on a tirade in AEW. I don't know if he's upset about something. If he genuinely hates AEW, I don't want to put words in his mouth. That's one of the pet peeves of me. I hate when people put words in my mouth, so I'm not going to do that here with Eric Bischoff. But he has been going on a tirade, and he has been complaining a lot about what AEW has been doing from a creative and a business standpoint. So we'll see there. Now, let's talk about the E in WWE in entertainment. WWE likely making all future WrestleMania events two nights. WWE is actually doing the right thing. Wow. Two nights. Huh. Let's see. I've pitched that multiple times. I've given my readings, or excuse me, I've given my reasons. I'm out to give them now before I read this article here. Number one, the reason why WrestleMania should be a two-night event is because it gives every single match on that card time to breathe. It gives these matches time to tell stories. Oh, you seen that match from last night at night two? You seen that match from night one? Those are some good matches. You seen the main event at night one and night two? Which one was better? That's awesome. Also, these wrestlers, I've seen reports everywhere. These wrestlers love the two-night event. It's awesome. It really is. And when you really look at it, WrestleMania being two nights is beneficial to the wrestlers, to all the employees, and to the fans. Here's the thing. I still see people in the community. I don't understand why you guys have this opinion. It is your opinion. But fuck. It is a stupid opinion to have. People actually like WrestleMania being eight hours. I don't know why that's the case. Why is that the case? (laughs) Y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. So you would rather... Picture this for a second. You would rather watch WrestleMania for eight hours. Flat. No break. No nothing. Instead of watching WrestleMania... On Saturday and finishing it up on Sunday. You could make it an event that week, right? You could be with your buddies, you know what I mean? And you all can watch WrestleMania together on Saturday and then come back on Sunday. It could be an event thing. WrestleMania being eight hours, that is stupid. Think about it. When you watch a show for eight hours, that's too long. I guarantee you, you probably don't even remember half of the matches that were on the show because it was eight hours. Two nights is just better. Two nights is better. That's just my opinion. I think it helps the talent. It helps the fans. And it makes it a week-long spectacle. Extravaganza, as you will. For the week of WWE knowing that WrestleMania in that particular building, in that stadium. And it also helps the stadium in terms of revenue. Two nights is just perfect. Those are my examples as to why I feel WrestleMania should be a two-night event instead of eight hours. I don't understand why people like it eight hours, but they do. God bless them for that. So the article reads, WrestleMania 38 was confirmed as a two-night WrestleMania event when WWE released their upcoming schedule a couple of days ago. This report was a couple days ago, so it says as of yesterday. This was well-received in the locker room. There you go. It was well-received 
in the locker room. Now, it was because many prefer the two-night setup. It appears that the company is going to carry on with the same idea even after then pandemic. Huh. So I just said that a two-night event is a plus and that the wrestlers would rather have it be two nights. I didn't read no news report before I just read that. I just assume as a fan that a two-night event would be better for these wrestlers and would be better for all the other employees. It's pretty much confirmed that. I love it. I love it. Love being right. Love being creative. And as a fan, this is a great thing. This is awesome. Many have wondered for years why WWE never borrowed from New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom setup to go with two-night events. The pandemic caused WWE to take that idea, and now they are running with it. A WWE letting you know you did not come up with this first. So I want to make that perfectly clear to everybody in WWE. New Japan Pro Wrestling did the two-night event first. Because I know there's going to be people in management in WWE. Oh, we did it first. No, you didn't. During a Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer, who is, uh, he's always in hot water in the IWC community, is Dave Meltzer. He gets shit for no reason. I don't understand it. He spoke about WWE's upcoming schedule and how the two-night WrestleMania in Dallas likely means the company will carry on with that idea for all future WrestleMania events. WrestleMania 39 is going to be in SoFi Stadium in L.A. I am trying my hardest. I'm going to do everything I can to go to that WrestleMania. I'm going to go to both nights. So I love that. WrestleMania being two nights. You people that don't agree with it, you got to understand. It's just the best possible uh, outcome and situation. It benefits everybody involved. Fans and the employees alike. So Dave Meltzer said, they are going to do a discount if you buy both shows. I would presume also that means all WrestleMania going forward, including Hollywood, the year after, and will be two-night affairs. That makes sense. Even Dave Meltzer knows it makes sense. Love it. Love I'm not the only one. It was also noted that there are a ton of benefits let me repeat that again. <clears throat> it was also noted that there are a ton of benefits running a two-night WrestleMania event. That includes bonus ticket sales, merch money, and it also ensures that fans aren't worn out during a six-hour event. Again, there are people out there that actually like WrestleMania beans six, seven to eight hours. Again, God bless you, but you are a fucking idiot. If you're mad about that, oh well. Because anybody up the street that's a wrestling fan, and if they ask you, would you rather have it be one night or two night, and you say one night, they're probably going to be looking at you crazy. It might be a big uh, get to attend both nights and both worth of shows. But the benefits greatly overweight the drawbacks in this situation. I'm going to move on with the next topic because, <laughs> again, y'all know where I stand on the two-night WrestleMania event. It benefits everybody, the employees and fans alike. Hop on board because this is what it's going to be going on, hopefully, for the foreseeable future of WrestleManias. This is great. Actually, something I love about WWE. Speaking of WWE and something I love, WWE changing their pay-per-view calendar. I don't know if this is a one-time deal, but this is going to be happening next year in 2022. I have the exact uh, picture here regarding the pay-per-views and what is going to be going on. So WWE announced 
This is crazy. A lot of these pay-per-views, they're going to be on Saturdays. I don't know how y'all feel about that. Most people might go out on a Saturday, right? Somebody might be watching something else. Looks like you guys are going to have to try to figure out and tweak up your schedule. Just a bit. We'll see what happens. I love it. Honestly, I love it. Now, I want to talk about the effect that it has on AEW. I know AEW, WWE. This is just the truth. This is just the facts. And it's staring you right in the face. If you pay attention and stop what you're doing and just look. AEW has been running pay-per-views on Majority Saturday since the launch of AEW. WWE having pay-per-views on Saturdays. AEW effect. That plays a part. So, I just want to make that disclaimer. Now, here are the schedule for WWE pay-per-views in 2022. Saturday, January 1st in Atlanta. The pay-per-view name called Day One. Uh, WWE, that is awesome. I love that name. I think that name is sick. It's simple. It's to the point. It's day one of the new year. We're going to start off with a bang. I love it. So good on WWE for that name. Whoever came up with that name, good job. Next up is Saturday, January 29th. The Royal Rumble will be taking place in St. Louis. Of course, WrestleMania on April 2nd and April 3rd of Saturday and Sunday in Dallas, Texas. Then, we have a pay-per-view on Sunday, May 8th in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm not sure what that is. Looks like uh, most of these gimmick pay-per-views might be gone. Did WWE listen to me? Did WWE listen to majority of the fans that have been complaining in the community about why gimmick pay-per-views need to go? I think they did. I think they finally understand that gimmick pay-per-views are fucking worthless. Worthless. If the Seth Rollins and Edge feud didn't really teach you that gimmick matches should only happen when it calls for it at pay-per-views and not be a gimmicked pay-per-view, you're doing Hell in a Cell because, oh, it's in October. It's Hell in a Cell. Fuck that. That is stupid. That is lame. Hell in a Cell shall only appear when a feud is drawing to an end or if a feud and situation calls for it. Other than that, we should not see any stipulation matches in the WWE. You love it. You gotta love it. Now, what is that pay-per-view going to be? I have no idea. I don't know. I have suggestions. I'll talk about it after I go over all of these other uh, pay-per-view events. After that, we got a pay-per-view in June. So it's on June 5th. Listen, the place is hilarious. It's in Chi-Town. It's in Chicago. It's in Chicago on Sunday. I have no idea what that name's going to be. But the venue is hilarious in terms of the city. So we got Saturday. We are back to Saturday. July 2nd, two days before July 4th, 4th of July. This pay-per-view is money in the bank. Damn it. It is going to be in Las Vegas. That's cool. But damn it. I wanted money in the bank to go away. I want money in the bank, the stipulation, to go back to WrestleMania. But you know what? We've had so many money in the bank matches. And... Why would you take it away? We've had a lot of money in the bank uh, pay-per-view shows. So taking it away really doesn't make sense. So 
we got what looks here is we have one, two, three, four, five uh, big time pay-per-views. We got five. So on Saturday, July 30th, yes, I'm not joking. Saturday, July 30th, SummerSlam. We have a problem. WWE, we have a problem. Let me get this straight. Saturday, July 2nd is money in the bank. Saturday, July 30th is SummerSlam. What the fuck is in August? You going to have a theme show? Is that what you're going to do? I'm confused. I'm confused. And I'm annoyed. I really am annoyed. Huh. So you go from a pay-per-view... July 2nd to July 30th, you go immediately into SummerSlam. Okay, that doesn't make sense. I want to see how WWE is going to infiltrate and do this. Now, we got a pay-per-view in terms of a location to be announced. We got a pay-per-view name to be announced. But this event is going to take place on September 3rd or Sunday, September 1st, or September 4th, excuse me. Okay. What what, what is this pay-per-view going to be? Clash of Champions? I hope not. To be determined is WWE doesn't know yet. You see, we have three to-be-determines here. They don't know what's going to happen. But... The July 30th is SummerSlam. Is, I'm scratching my head. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why are they doing that? I don't know. I'm not the booker. I'm not WWE. Only they know. They better have a logical reason as to why they're putting SummerSlam on July 30th. A couple weeks after Money in the Bank. That better play a part. Money in the Bank and SummerSlam better be in cohoots. And to leverage in terms of these two Money in the Bank matches. We'll see. Now, we're going to talk about Saturday again. Another Saturday. November 26th is Survivor Series. Okay. So, you have no pay-per-view in December. Sorry to break it to you guys. December is going to be a break for the WWE when it comes to... Uh, creativity, and these shows. It's the holidays. Typically, WWE really doesn't give a fuck about the month of December. So I wanted to make that clear. That's the schedule for WWE. Now, y'all y'all know me. Y'all know me. I've talked about the pay-per-view schedule the calendar, how I would book it, how I would present it. Armchair Booker MVP. Yeah, I am an armchair booker, and I'm better than a lot of people in the IWC community. Facts. Let me armchair book the pay-per-view calendar. I've done it a couple of times. I would have themed shows. Centered around this calendar. Theme shows on Raw. The USA Network. Theme shows on SmackDown, on Fox. Present them as if you are building up an actual pay-per-view event. I'm not going to talk about exactly what theme shows I would do. In terms of the names. But I would do theme shows. Build up Raw on the USA Network. Make it big. Make it epic. Make it like you're building a pay-per-view. And you do the same thing on SmackDown. I have had that opinion for a very long time. And I still stand by it. 
That's my thoughts on the pay-per-view schedule. And that's all the topics I got for you guys today on 99 Raw. This was good. This was fun. Uh, we went in-depth. We went creative as usual. I got to put my creativity in anything I talk about. So I hope you guys tap into the podcast. Follow me on all podcast platforms. Subscribe. Share the podcast. And follow me on social media. At JT Takeover on Twitter. And the podcast on Instagram. At 99Raw. I'll check you later. The next time you guys will be hearing from me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, The schedule has been pretty rocky right now. Because just pro wrestling. In terms of these weekly shows. Really haven't garnered my interest. So that's why I haven't been popping out. A podcast. But then again at the same time. I don't want to be popping out podcasts every fucking day. I really don't. I kind of want to take some days off. You know what I mean? Just to myself. And come out strong in the next couple days or so. But if any news breaks. Or if there's a big report. Rumored or whatever. I'll do a podcast. Other than that. You guys might not see me until next week. Where we're rocking and rolling. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth. Into my schedules. And explain why I'm not. Talking about Raw and SmackDown. I'm not going to do AEW. Uh, Speaking of them. AEW for me now comes on at 10 p.m. now. Tony Khan changed it. He changed the time. I have to watch AEW pretty much on Thursdays now. But Thursdays is where I do the pro wrestling hot topics. So like I said, I might make a podcast or something. Talk about uh, my schedule and I have to reshape and work something out. Um, I know people are asking me why am I not covering Raw and SmackDown and NXT, etc. AEW as well. I'll talk about that. I'll make it into a little bit of a podcast conversation. So tune in. Like I said, follow me on social media. I'll keep you guys updated on what's going to be going on this week on the podcast. But there will be a podcast. Don't even trip. I will be right here uh, this upcoming new week. And by the way, Bray Wyatt the Fiend. This motherfucker is almost out of prison on the WWE contract. Tomorrow, he is a free man, and I love it. Bray Wyatt the Fiend, watch out. He's coming to one of these companies, man. And WWE, you are a piece of shit for letting this talented, creative person go. You are going to regret the decision. You released Wyndham Rotunda. Soundstripe.